it's really a tough time being a Nigerian because from our current experience, it is looking like we are the only country in deep economic recession. Basic things are now ostentation. And I can tell you for a fact, organizing an occasion this period is wrong timing. You sure know you're going to pay through your nose. Of course, I am proud to be a Nigerian. That's because you don't throw away the baby together with the baiting water. My name is Williams Prince. Chibiki. And this is Coco House. It's a new month and of course, I'm happy to bring you another interesting episode. This time coming from a true life experience, a true life story, one with a few moral lessons that would serve as our topic of discussion. The story of how I was at the right place at the wrong time. It was in 2006 I stopped attending school because um, it's my final year in high school and our final exams is around the corner. So I, like I said, I stopped going to school. I was at home and Every morning when I wake up, I take my bath, or don't really take my bath, but I'll brush my teeth and eat my breakfast and then run down to the nest, the game center close to our house. So every morning, every time, that is what I do. Sometimes I don't even take my bath, you know, I just eat my food and then run down there. Every day, I mean, every day you want to, you, you, every day you're looking for me, that is where you're going to find me. And then it happens that I went there one day and while I was there, some group of guys were there also. It's a game hall, of course. You're going to meet young person. You're going to meet young guys, you know, everybody inside that place. And something happened. I was called to come back home. So while I left, I didn't return. Because when I went home, what I went to do took the whole of my time and I could not come back to the view, to the game center. So it was later in the night, some group of guys came to our house and they were like, did I see a new phone? A Blackberry phone. They were asking, you know what Blackberry phone, you know, then in 2006, the Blackberry phone was actually a luxurious phone. Is a big phone, you know, when you see people holding the phone and you know that, oh, this person has money. Or, and the person who got the phone for the person has money, actually. And I was like, a Blackberry phone. I didn't see any phone. I, while I was there, I didn't even know someone was charging the phone and then I left. That was, that was all. I, that was what I told them. And then they were like, the, the rumors around is that after I left, the phone got missing. I was like, ah, me? I've not stolen before, so why will I take someone's phone now? So it um it was it was actually a surprise to me, but it was that serious. And then they were like, the owner of the phone said he's going to go out, go to the police and then call police to come and arrest me. I was like, ah, for what? I got agitated. Why would they arrest me? Did they, was I the one that collected the phone? You know, did they see me with the phone, or did anybody happen to see me collecting the phone? That tie is not going to be possible. You know that, you know that um, disbelief, you know that um, confidence you have in yourself that tie is not going to happen. Nobody can come to arrest you. And that was how I was confident enough. That was how I was boasting that night. And then they left. 
in the morning, very early in the morning, I heard a bang on my door. And I was like, who is that? They said, open this door. And when I got up, I was actually um, stuck nude. When I got up, I opened the door. Lo and behold, it was some policemen right in front of my door. And I was like, what's happening? They say, hey, young man, you're under arrest. I say, arrest for what? <laughs> you know, they said, that's, we're not going to answer that to you because we're not answerable to you. You're under arrest because of a stolen phone. I was like, a stolen phone? I didn't take any phone. I was not there when the phone was stolen. They say, young man, if complaint has been filed against you that you took a phone. I was like, ah. Before I know, they started dragging me out. I said, come on, hold on. Let me put on something. And they said, okay, be fast. I rushed inside the room and I had to lay my hands on my boxers and my trousers. They never even allowed me to put on a shirt. That was how they dragged me out. I was like, what's happening? Leave me alone. I was the only one that stole the phone. Everybody came out on the compound, but you, nobody can do, nobody could do anything. That's because the Nigerian police, they are dreadful. You, you don't interfere. You do not interfere in whatever they're doing. In Nigeria here, we are so afraid of the Nigerian police because those guys, they are no-nonsense guys. They do not give attention to anybody. Any slight mistake, you have gotten into their bad books. So everybody was just staring and then that was how they dragged me out. It was a shameful experience. A very shameful experience. That was how they dragged me out and took me to their van. And then they drove me down to the police station. It wasn't a nice experience. And then when I got there, I was stripped of my trousers and then they said, go into the cell. That was how I was pushed into the cell and oh, lo and behold, the environment is nothing to write home about. There were guys stuck inside the prison cell and when I got in, it was like, hey, what is this? You know, you meet bad guys there and then they have the chairman of the cell. You know, those, those persons who have been into the um, police cell, you know how this whole thing play out. And then they begin to harass you, they begin to harass you, you know, begin to ask you several things. Why the war brought you here and everything. But that's an experience for another day. I'm not going to go straight into what happened into the cell, but I can tell you for a fact, it wasn't the best experience. So I was so bewildered that, you know, about the environment that I began to have sober reflections and regret. I was like, what really made me go there that day? Now, look at where it has landed me. What, why, why? You know, I began to have this regret of why didn't I stay at home? What am I going there to do? Like, what am I going there to do every day? So news got to my uncle, he's late, by the way, that um, I have been arrested. But um, when he came to the police station and he was asked, to see me, I he came close to the cell and I couldn't explain. When it was time to like, what happened? I started crying. Innocent me, not knowing how the phone got missing or how the phone got stolen, started crying and I couldn't explain. He said he knew I didn't take the phone. That's because I lived my whole life in morality. I mean, I had this moral going on for me. I don't do things that, I don't engage in social ears, you know, I don't do things that will make someone point accusing fingers of me. So everybody knows me in the environment. Everyone in the whole community and in the whole locality know about my good behavior. So he said I, he knew that I didn't take the phone, but he was going to let me stay here for the night so that 
I am going to use it as an eye-opener, as an experience to not mingle with people I don't know anything about. And he left. So that night he brought something for me to eat and I couldn't eat it. I just gave it away to the guys in the cell. And that was how I managed to, you know, find a spot and squeezed myself into it. I slept that night. And the next day, being in the afternoon, when the squad that got me arrested came, they had to do some paperwork. But before then, I was taken back to the police, the, the game center. I was taken back there on handcuffs. You can imagine. <laughs> you know, the shame looking around and they bringing you back to your own place, the place where you stay. And then people looking at you on handcuffs and like, this guy, what happened to him? What did he do? You know what it's going to be like? The stigma is going to be there. So why they took me, I said, this is where the game hall is. And they asked who is the owner of the game hall, who is in charge. And then the guy came out. And that was how they took both of us down to the station. And he was given a book to write his own statement. While I was told to explain what happened. And the policeman wrote, I don't know what he wrote in the book, but I don't give too short about it. But normally you hear this thing that it is not nice for a policeman to write a report about you. Because they might add things that did not happen. But being so naive and not interested, I wasn't concerned. So at the end of the day, I was bailed out and I was told to go home. And that was how that whole thing happened. It was actually an experience because it actually gave me an, um, an eye-opener. It was an, really an eye-opener. It opened my eyes to see certain things. And why am I saying this? I want us to grab a thing or two about this whole story of mine and the first thing i want to talk about is correct timing now knowing where to be at the right time and knowing what to do at the right time now while we are in the university a story made its, its way a story made its way around the whole school like a story was making the round in the school that a student visited his friend late in the night maybe he went to get a textbook or something we are not told in details but when he ended in this in the, the friend's apartment the friend said oh oh boy wait are they come let me go get something now immediately the friend stepped out his arch enemy came in not even came in they bashed into the room and they could not find the person they were looking for and he that went to visit his friend became their prayer so what they did to him they had to butcher him to death so the, the next day the story was making the rounds in the whole school and it was a thing of discussion people were talking about it you look to the left you see people talking about it. you you turn to your right you see people talking about it now that story is another example of knowing where to be at the right time if that student maybe if that student had stayed at home he wouldn't have been a victim of circumstances and now the whole the, the other guy who they came to look for did not come back to this school that was how he ran away so that story is something we need to take very serious now you know you're supposed to be in the market by morning but you choose to go when it's almost dark you know there are persons oh i'm supposed to be in the market by 11 but then they choose to go when it's dark thereby eating into their other schedule now you know you're supposed to be in church by 6 p.m but that's when you accompany your friend to go out and do something else. There are persons like that. You're supposed to go to church by 5 or 6 p.m. And then a friend comes visiting and then you join them and go out just, just like that. Now, there are persons who also sing out loud in public transport. Along the music they're listening to, 
on headphones. If you ask me, I would say that's gross. That's um, irritating. You might not know it, but you putting on your headset or your earpiece and listening to your music in a public transport and then you're singing out loud alongside it. It's actually not the best thing to do because when you look at people's facial expressions and their reaction, it's sure going to pass a message. It should tell you that, oh, I'm doing the wrong thing or actually I'm doing the right thing at the wrong place or doing the wrong thing at the wrong time. And then there are others who hang out with friends when you're supposed to be reading and preparing for your exams. All these things I'm talking about has to do with correct timings and many more. You know, knowing where to be at the right time and knowing what to do at the right time. Now, the thing is, knowing what to do and where to be at the right time is actually paramount. Yes, it is. Now, the next thing there is your association matters a lot. You know, it's good to be picky. I mean, picky and choosy about um, your friends or people you want to call your clique or people you want to hang out with. Not everyone, I mean, not everyone or not everybody is worth having as a friend. Not everybody. Take that to the bank. Not everyone. You have to be choosy. You have to pick. You know, it has to do with a thing of the mind. If your spirit matches with a the person, then fine. But if it doesn't, do not force it. Now, imagine that guy who went to visit someone. Now, he, he didn't know who that person he visited is or what he's into, but he made him his friend. You know, there are persons who can be so, I don't know, they call them sh wolves in sheep clothing. People are going to so hide everything about them that you will think they are saints. But deep down, they are really tigers. They are lions and they are waiting, you know, they are waiting to devour you as, as a person. Or you're going to get entangled in everything they have been into. So some of us just make friends with anyone without knowing who their parents are. Anybody you see on the road, oh, that's my friend. You don't know the person down to their house. You don't know where they live. You know, you don't even know what they're into or the sort of association they belong to. That's not the right thing to do. You want to make friends with someone, you should be able to know all of those things. Now, in summary, what am I trying to say is that you should try to know the people you call your friends so you don't end up in trouble or get entangled in, his, in any sort of their shenanigans. Just like the guy who visited his friend in school and without knowing that his friend is a courtist, he was killed. Now, imagine what the parents of that guy will be feeling, what they'll be going through. I've sent my child to school and that is the news I'm getting. And oh, who knows, that boy might be innocent. Yeah. Now, the third thing I want us to know is going out impromptu. It's never a good thing to leave home or go out abruptly. I mean, going out suddenly without any plan. It's not a good thing. I, I know you might not believe it, but there is a certain superstition that follows such movements. And anything can happen to you along the line. Yes. You know, here in Africa, um, you hear things like, do not open the door when you don't find who is knocking. Yeah, I can tell you for a fact, it's quite scary. You Sometimes you stay at home and then you hear a kind of a knock or maybe it's a sound from somewhere and it affects the door. And then you just go and open the door. It's In Africa here, we say no, you don't do that because 
He didn't find the person knocking on the door. And then another thing here we say, we do not answer the call of your name when you don't see who is calling. Yes, yes. If you stay with old people, they will tell you, if you stay with old persons, grandma, grandparents, you know, they are going to tell you all of those things. And then the next thing I want to say is, do not wake up from sleep immediately and you run outside on someone's behest. Mm -mm. You're sleeping and someone just calls, uh, someone just calls out to you and you wake up and you run outside. And no, it's not the best thing to do. In Africa here, we look at it like a kind of a superstition. And then there are many more and many more I cannot talk about now. Now, those superstitions are there, but it's actually your choice to believe them or not. Now, many times I have gotten sudden calls from friends to come join them at a hangout spot. And every time, I mean, every time I have turned down the request. I got a call, that was um, sometime last week. Say, oh, oh boy, Alpha, where are you today? Come now, we did this place. I was like, okay, that place. I... And I was like, what are people doing there? How many of you are there? They are like, this is also the code names. And I was like, ah, I'm not in town. Oh, I cannot even make, I'm not around. I'm not around that locality, you know. You give excuses so that you turn down those requests. It is not the best thing to do that you go out what? Abruptly, suddenly, without any plan. You know, such movements doesn't always end well. You might be going out first, you might be going out for reads and you misplace your phone. Yes, sometimes you might be going out because you are in a hurry. You misplace your phone on the road or you leave it inside the, the trans the public transport uh, you know there are persons who just who want to charge their phones in public taxis or buses and because they're in a hurry or something has taken over their mind they forget it there something like that might happen to you and uh, you know you meet one incident or another yes yes you might be going on the road and then maybe something that is supposed to happen to someone it just happens to you or you get uh, involved in something you you, you didn't plan if you really want to go to for hangout, if you really want to go for hangout, you make plans for it. Make plans for it. Everything, you know, you have 24 hours a day to do whatever you want to do. So if you want us to meet, come on, the timing is there. Tell us this is where we're going to meet and this is the time to meet. That is why the clock is there. The world in the world, we have time. You don't just wake up one morning and then say, oh boy, come this place. That is not how things are done. You know, then, then there's some of us who be sleeping or having our siesta at home and a friend shows up unannounced and comes to take us out. <laughs> but for you, to you, the plans for the day was not to go anywhere. But you jump up and then you follow them. That is not the right thing to do, if you ask me, you know. Remember, you're looking at the right place at the right time and it always has consequences. Whether you believe it or not, it always has consequences. Sometimes that impromptu call requesting you to come out for a meeting or a hangout could turn out to be a setup. Yes, yes. The world is um, not friendly out there, trust me. You don't put your trust in people because um, normally or naturally, even the, the Holy Book stated that the heart of man is wicked and it's full of evil. Now, now here is a story. Um, um, let me just sneak this in. I had, uh, I, I once had a notorious family brother. When I say notorious, his notoriety was known around the whole community. But um, 
I don't know what happened to him. That very day, he decided to stay at home. He was like, I'm not going to go anywhere today. And then he washed some of his clothes and he decided to take um, a bit of a rest. But lo and behold, his friend just popped up from nowhere. And then they came visiting. Where is Bishop? They called his name and they, we say he's inside sleeping. And then he woke up, he came outside. And uh, boy, Afa, I was there actually because I was seeing all of these things. But boy, Afa, what? I say, ah, Mori. He was like, ah, I don't want to go outside to do. I'll be wrong, just rest. The boy said, ah, forget this thing. We are close. This place, go like her. And that was how he made that unplanned movement. The movement he didn't plan for. He put up, he put on his clothes and he went out with his friend. Not knowing that it was actually a setup. And when he went there, the next thing we, we saw was him rushing back, back home with blood stains all over his body. His arms has been butchered. Yes, he was a notorious person. Yes, he was part of those bad guys in the community. He was known for rascality. But it's, um, what if, you should ask yourself, what if he had stayed at home that very day? Maybe what would have happened to him would have been procrastinated. It would have been delayed actually to, <laughs> to another time. Because, of course, as a bad person, you, there are times karma is there waiting for you to pay for your evil deed. But because he never listened to himself, he said, I wanted to stay at home today. But he then woke up and followed his friend just like that. That was a plan. That was a setup. You know, there is something the holy book made us to understand. Do not put too much trust in friends or conceal your intentions to your brother that's because like i mentioned earlier in the heart of man in a world like ours there are a lot of things going on and i bet you a huge percentage is in positivity now imagine immediately i stepped out someone who i might call a close acquaintance stole that phone and I was made a scapegoat because I was not there. In fact, the thing just happened. I, I stepped out and then nobody was paying attention that some other person has gone out. And then the whole thing was hung up my neck. You know, how ironic. Yes, how ironic it is. Now, another thing is um, knowing when to leave. Be it in a relationship, um, a place you visited, or where you went to, etc., etc., know the right time to leave. Truth is, some persons don't know when they've overstayed their welcome. Now, you find yourself in an abusive relationship and remains there till either of you dies or get injured you know these days you go to social media and you see a lot of things happening a whole lot sometimes they happen in our neighborhood sometimes they happen close to where we live or rather in the compound where we stay you hear things of oh a a a, a boyfriend has stabbed and killed her girlfriend or her husband has killed the wife recently a post made its way to the internet on twitter actually that a very wealthy man killed the wife he butchered the wife to death now we don't know nobody knew the whole story but their bodies their dead bodies made its way to the internet the picture the video of how some corona guys came to pick them up you know pick their dead bodies up and packaged put them in the park and body pack and you know took them away 
Those are the kind of things we, we, we I'm talking about. Abusive relationship. Now, you hear, oh, she cooks so well. Oh, he gives the best sex, something like that. But there are a thousand and one persons out there who can cook very well. There are a thousand and one guys out there who can give you very, the best sex, like you say, but we chose to be in that abusive relationship. You know, you guys are living like cat and mice, always, you know, always fighting, always breaking things, but you say, oh, I like him the way he is. That is not the best. Know the right time to leave. And then there are those who visit and never want to leave. That one is even very annoying. You know, once you visit someone, maximum one hour plus you should start leaving because uh, before your visit become boring actually you know some people will visit you on a saturday morning very early in the morning that they will eat breakfast with you they would have lunch and then even want to have dinner with you come on know when to leave sometimes you the person you visited becomes uncomfortable and their body language and facial expression begins to pass a message but, but you remain adamant because you don't know what you're doing. You'll just be there thinking that you visited someone and the person is happy that you visit. Know when to leave. That's the bottom line. Know when to leave. Know when you've overstayed your welcome and leave. There are times you go to some places and you, and you start feeling uneasy, uncomfortable. That's your body telling you to leave immediately. Yes. You know, there are places you go to and the moment you step out, something bad happens. It happens, yes, I mean, it's a, it, it happens in real life. You listening to me, you can, you, you can also agree with me that it happens. You know, I, I remember going to that same game hall before the, the stolen phone incident. And that very day when I went there, I was feeling uneasy. I was very uncomfortable. I don't know what really happened to me, but it was not like... It, it's not, it, I wasn't feeling myself, so I had to tell everybody goodbye and I left. You know, now immediately I left, it wasn't up to 10 minutes, some policemen came and they came for a raid. They arrested most of the young boys inside the game hall. And then the next day when I went there, I heard the story and I was like, ah, thank God, one more. Now, that was the first sign. That was the first warning I, I was supposed to use to pinch myself that it's time to stop going to that place. But you know how it is, I was naive and um, very hyperactive, a young guy not doing anything at that time, a young school leaver waiting for his exams to take place and I was actually less busy. I left my books, I left everything I was doing, always, always visiting the game hall and I didn't read the signs. And then what happened to me? I got into trouble the next time. Now, most persons do not listen to their body tell you know there's something they call body tell there's something they call instincts and then there's something they call guts our, our, our guts they always always timed they always pass a message to us and i can tell you that five over ten times that message is always a danger now there's a story that happened something happened in port harcourt um i can't remember the year now but the only surviving bricklayer, he told us what happened. And his own version of the story was that he was sitting down in the compound of the building. They were, they were constructing the building. It was a, constru it's a, it was a construction site. Uh, close to, is it 21-story building or something? Like that? I, can't place, I can't place it now. 
something close to it and he was part of the bricklayers building the, the, the place he came in that morning and he just sat down in the compound but he was feeling so uneasy uncomfortable he was like man go buy this thing man not go buy this thing should i go out should i immediately he stepped out to the next shop across the the place where they are doing the construction the building collapsed yes those of us in port harcourt or in river state you should know sometime a building collapsed in GRE and the only surviving bricklayer gave his own version of the story of how he survived that incident so sometimes the gods you listen to it that's he talking to us you know when your instincts starts itching you you always try to pass a message always try to tell you that come on either something bad wants to happen or something good wants to happen the instincts like i always say or the gods it always passes a message to it passes a message across to us actually now finally finally know when to stop you keep going to a particular place every second and every minute of the day come on every time you're in one particular spot every time you're in one particular spot every time fact remain fact you will be recognized by that place you know oh where is Teresa? ah Teresa, day for your mama and kitchen they sell bread ah where is john john they came in shop that's because you're you're irregular that's your spot that's where you stay every day so you have been recognized by that place every time someone is looking for you in the idea every time so you know there's one funny thing about bad guys and um notorious people you know you hardly find them in a spot i don't know if it's a, a kind of a deadly trait they have but it's actually a good thing because they are always on the move you hardly find those notorious or bad guys on the spot I remember having a conversation with an uncle, he's late now by the ways, and he said, it's not nice staying at a particular place. That's because when, you know, in the world, the world is full of evil, right? And then everything is superstition. So that he said, um, if people always notices you at a particular spot, they can use that particular, uh, particular spot to, um, to harm you to make you know to for something bad to happen to you so he said it's not always good for somebody to stay at a particular spot for a long time when you stay here he said he i don't know what he called it but he's just like breeze he said something about breeze like the air he said be like the air you are here you are here you're here so that the people cannot get a hold of you you know the bad people cannot get a hold of you it's quite funny but that is how he explained it and i was like oh really and now i'm beginning to see reasons with him there's a saying about people who are always on the move. You hardly get them. Now, that time, I mean that time in my story, if you don't find me at home, the next point of call will be the game center. That is the only place I shuffle. That is the only place I go. If you go to my house, you don't find me, you know and you're very sure to find me in the game center. That was how invested I was doing the wrong thing at the right time. And every time you know you keep doing the same thing you keep doing the same thing the same way over and over again yet it doesn't yield results but here is an advice try to stop and take a pause knowing when to stop will not only give you an insight on how to go about certain things it will always serve as an eye-opener to various things you've missed and then you've re refused to do 
it was after I came back from the arrest, you know, after I came back from the prison police cell that I began to spend more time with my book. I found myself, you know, I spent more time with myself and I enrolled in an extra moral lesson. You know, I spent more, you know, yeah, I, I really found myself. I actually had time to spend with myself. The thing is, and the truth is, too much of everything is bad. And here is a note to those that visit their friends all the time. Sometimes stay away and let your absence, and let them feel your absence. You know, importance grow with absence. Yes, for someone to notice your importance, sometimes you have to be, it's when you're not around or when you're not always readily available. Now, if I knew when to stop going to that game hall, I wouldn't have encountered that problem. But the circumstances, it's really opened my eyes. I really, really, that experience, it, it really gave me a, a huge, it taught me a huge lesson. A lesson I will never forget anytime soon. But there's something I want us to know that in all we do, whether we go to the right place at the right time, whether we stop doing certain things and, um, you know, avoid impromptu hangouts and meetings or knowing when to leave, we must bear one thing in mind, and that's the unpredictability of life. Life is unpredictable. Yes, that's why sometimes you hear people say, life is full of surprises, and hence, we should tread carefully. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Have you listened to our last episode? Alright, if you've not, I want you to listen to that episode because... I took a time to talk about a societal menace. It's like the um, Nigerian youth we are sitting on a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. And that time bomb is tribalism. You go to social media and you see things that people do. You see things that our youth have invested their time into. You see tribal wars. You see tribal slaws and insults flying here and there. And you find cold war. And you begin to imagine what is really happening. You know, the funny thing about this whole thing is whatever happens online have started offline. So whatever happens offline, they bring it online. So you, you know what that means. That once this Cold War is brewing online, you should know that it has actually eaten deep offline. So I talked about that in the last episode I did. And I want you to listen to it because you're going to find it interesting. To those who are not online or who do not have any social media account and is aloof of what is happening, you need to listen to that episode because it's an eye-opener. You might also want to agree with me to an extent because an experience you have encountered fits the narrative now that tribalism is actually a societal menace and the Nigerian youths at those championing it. Listen to that episode and I bet you you're going to love it because it is interesting. My name is Williams Prince Chibiki and this is Coco Hops. Remember, life is full of surprises and hence, tread carefully. Bye-bye.